one and we are live everywhere in fact we might even be back live on twitter which is pretty awesome since uh it's been a while since you can use the media studio so that's amazing but we should be live on rumble on youtube on facebook uh, whoever uses facebook uh twitter and yeah maybe you're listening to this as a podcast it don't matter so uh welcome to the jonathan kogan show I'm your host, obviously, Johnny K. It's great to be with you. It's always good to be with you. It's an honor, privilege. Uh, we're gonna we're streaming today, baby. This is the first stream we're doing. So, you know, the topic, the main topic is there is an FBI oversight congressional hearing that we want to get into. We want to play some of the clips, but we're doing everything off the cuff. We are going in real time, real time analysis, apolitical, no bias, pure truth, and nothing but the truth. So help us. Ah! And we say, oh, because people praise all different things. You know, on this podcast, we like God. Other people like climate change. Other people like uh, uh, Klaus Schwab. And, uh, you know, some people like mosquitoes, uh, like Bill Gates, but, you know, whatever. Uh, okay. So before we get started with that, we're going to go cover a bunch of topics. That's what we're doing today. We're, country, we're covering a bunch of topics because you're busy. You are a busy human being. In fact, let me just put it bluntly. You have shit to do and you don't have time to analyze all this and the amount of propaganda coming your way to warp your mind into believing something that is not true is so intense that you need to have a political truth tellers on your side. And that's what we do on this podcast. We side with the peasants. You're like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm not a peasant. Well, let me, let me make this very clear. First of all, you are a peasant. But that's okay. In fact, that's fantastic because the rulers of the upcoming world, we are in transition right now. Okay. Last stage of human society. It's called the information age. All right. And we are, we are transitioning into that. We're technically into it, but very, very early. And the rulers of this are going to be the peasants, decentralized powers, communities, the people power to the people. So if you were an elite for the past, however long humans have been here, like 10,000 years or ever, you would want to be elite if you wanted to, you know, run the show. But it's over now. They blew their cover. Now we see the conspiracy in plain sight. Okay. Everybody sees it. Even though some people want to not see it. Some people are paid propaganda puppets for the regime and why they're selling out their own well-being for like a few thousand dollars a month. Or even if it was a million dollars a month. Like if you have kids, man, you should be selling out freedom. All right. And speaking of, we're going to get into all this. Okay. Like you got to see what's on CNN. This is unbelievable. And people... People watch this stuff and they believe it, but we'll get into the details. But before we get into that, I want to cover this one, uh, this one little video. This is from Kamala Harris, who, if you didn't know, she's the AI czar. So I feel very good that she's the AI czar. Thank goodness. This is from Alex on, uh, on Twitter at ALX. AI czar Kamala Harris. Listen to what she says. This makes me feel so safe and good that we have the smartest and the brightest, the most caring and loving pro-human pro technological innovation people in charge take a listen to this this is real and i think the first part of this issue that should be articulated is ai is kind of a fancy thing it's first of all it's two letters it means <laughs> artificial intelligence but ultimately what it is is it's about machine learning and so the machine is taught and part of the issue here is what information is going into the machine that will then determine 
and, and we can predict them if we think about what machine, what information is going in, what then will be produced in terms of decisions and opinions um, that may be made through that process. And I think the she's first- the best vice president of all time. I love the people who are out there saying, oh, my God, we got the best president, vice president ever. Like you are a clear propagandist if you're saying that like you could be unbiased and say listen i'm happy with the presidency and vice presidency it's fantastic i love it but you can't say like oh wow this is the best duo better than abraham lincoln george washington and every other president combined it's amazing you're nuts there's never been more chaos in my lifetime okay we're at wars right and left we got the middle class being wiped out inflation is wiping out everybody Everything's just a mess. Infrastructure, there's bridges falling on people's faces. It's crazy. So those, we just tell you the unbiased truth, all right? We don't have political leanings because we don't believe in politics here. But thank God the czar is in charge. Thank goodness Kamala's in charge because if she wasn't, imagine how out of control AI would have. Listen, here, ready? Let's think about this. If you could have one person in control of AI, one was Elon Musk and one was Kamala Harris, who would you choose? Exactly, Kamala Harris. Please. She's the goat, baby. Oh my God. She talks like this a lot too. So, uh, life, it's like space and time. There's a lot of time while you're in this space of life that is full of time and space and energy with people present in space and time. That's how she speaks. She is one of my favorite people ever. I love that woman. She is so good. She's so good. Oh my gosh. Okay. So now we got to get back to what we're going to cover here, which is the FBI oversight congressional hearing. Um, man, oh man. Oh, we got a lot to cover too, but we're going to, we're going to stay on topic here. Right? So that is, uh, so let's, we're just going to go through a bunch of video clips. We're going to go to chief nerd here on, uh, on Twitter. And we're, we're, we're just going to go from the first video he has to other ones and let's see what's going on here. Let's see if the FBI is corrupt or uh, they're not. I wonder what you think. All right. So this is the first one. FBI director Christopher Wray says the FBI obtained gun purchase records from Bank of America, possibly without a warrant. Let's take a listen. George Hill, former FBI supervisory intelligence analyst in the Boston field office, told us that the Bank of America uh, with this was uh, gave to the FBI gun purchase records uh, with with no geographical boundaries for anybody that was a Bank of America customer. Is that true? Well, what I do know is that the uh, a number of business community partners all the time, uh, including financial institutions, share information with us about possible criminal activity. And my understanding is that that's fully lawful. In the did specific, you, did you in the ask specific for that information? Instance, in the specific instance that you're asking about, my understanding is that that information was shared with field offices for information only, but then recalled to avoid even the appearance uh, of any kind of overreach. But my understanding is that that's a fully lawful process. We, was there a warrant involved? Again, my understanding is that the institution in question shared information with us, as happens all the time. Did you request the, the information? I can't speak to the specifics. Okay, well, we've got an email where it says the FBI did give the search queries to Bank of America, and Bank of America responded to the FBI and gave over this information without a search warrant. Do you believe there's any limitation 
on your ability to obtain gun purchase data or purchase information for people that for people who aren't suspects from banks without well, a warrant. Well, now you're now you're asking a legal question, which I would prefer to defer to the lawyers, uh, since I'm not practicing as one right now, including the department. But what I will tell you is that my understanding is that the process by which we receive information from business community partners across a wide variety of industries, including financial institutions, sharing information with us about possible criminal activity is something that is fully lawful uh, under current uh, federal law. Maybe lawful, but it's not constitutional. I yield back. So, first of all, when people talk about the merging of state and corporate power, okay, this corporatism, this is what people are talking about. This is what's going on here. This is why people like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. are gaining traction amongst many people, both on the right, left, center, and apolitical people. There aren't many apolitical people, but you know, for the ones that there are, it's intriguing because you have these massive financial institutions, the banks, you got huge uh, multinational corporations, you know, getting, you know, they need the cobalt and stuff from Congo. They need all this stuff. They need sweatshops and, and China and they need all this stuff. And then they merge with the government to do everything they can that is in their best interests, which is not in the best interests of the American people and most likely not in the best interests of the middle class in particular. Okay. And soon there will be no middle class. We're going to a new neo-feudal system. They want two-tier class, elites, peasants, keep the peasants under your thumb forever, put in, you know, bio, biology, synthetic, you know, injections and uh, AI and all this stuff and make sure that there's no rebellion ever you know, chop off the nuts of young boys, all that stuff. You know, anybody that's military age male that is for America, feminize them, do something so they cannot rebel, cannot rebel. But if you're an adversary like China or somewhere else, those military age males can come through the border unchecked and then they're in the country scattered, you know, on a free plane tickets, wherever they want. And then if, uh, you know, there, there's retaliation from a foreign adversary like China, you know, perhaps they already have boots on the ground literally perhaps i don't know listen maybe conspiracy theorists maybe not but the truth is and this is actually i tweeted this today how ironic should i should i pull this up I'm gonna pull this up i think there's a lot of irony in this whole conspiracy theorist idea okay so um by the way if you're not following at kogz on twitter what are you doing what are you doing with your life man so, uh, oh, and by the way, before we move on, let's continue talking about Bank of America, who was the topic of the last one. They're, they're, they're giving you, why do they want to know about gun purchases? In fact, why are certain politicians obsessed with wanting to take away guns? Now, I've never held a gun. I don't shoot guns. I'm not a gun kind of guy. Maybe I will be. But any totalitarian regime ever in the history of the world has to take the guns. They have to. Hugo Chavez took the guns. Mao took the guns. Stalin took. They have to take the guns. Now they want to take our guns. Why do they want to take our guns? Just let us have the guns. It's just crazy. Okay, you don't want, you don't want federal government to start taking away weapons from the like when there's weird stuff going around. Like things are getting more totalitarian. Like anything. Last three years, like you're locking your homes. You can't work. You in order to go outside, you have to get this put in your body. All this crazy stuff, right? That's totalitarianism. And then at the same time, they're obsessed with taking your guns while enforcing all that stuff. It's iffy, in my opinion. Very iffy. It's worth questioning. In fact, when questions become censored 
and that you shouldn't even have a social media platform for asking questions like, hey, do you have any data behind this injection? No, you're banned. You're scum. You know, like Keith Olbermann saying, you're scum. So that type of stuff. Speaking about Bank of America, Munib, who uh, started stat, uh, big in the crypto community, met him, I don't know, uh, 10, 10 years ago now. I met him 10 years ago when he was pitching like his first company with Ryan. Pretty crazy, sat in on that meeting. So he says, so Bank of America just closed my personal bank account that I've used for 15 years. No reason given. Real reason? I do Coinbase transactions through this account for Bitcoin. This is a war on Bitcoin and crypto. Please retweet to warn others we won't stay silent. No, we won't stay silent. These massive financial institutions cannot just, you know what? Yes, they can. If they want to take everyone's bank account away, who's a dissident, who wants to speak their mind, who wants to be truthful, who is goes against whatever the mainstream narrative is, that's why you have to have self-custody Bitcoin. It's a good idea, not a recommendation. I'm just saying I would learn about Bitcoin. I would research it. I would come to your own conclusion with your God-given, God-given critical thinking skills. But I'm telling you, Bitcoin is revolutionary. And when we look back at this time, people in future generations be like, oh my God, if I was alive then, it would have been so obvious. Well, take it, take it for what it is. But so Bank of America, why do they got their noses up and everything? Okay, Bank of America, get out of here. My God. I thought Wells Fargo was bad. So this is about the conspiracy theorist topic. Ready? I, I tweeted this. How ironic that the term conspiracy theory came from the assassination of JFK and I'll actually play a more detailed analysis of this. I actually just heard after I tweeted this very good on the Jimmy Dore show, which you should absolutely follow. Listen, he's a truth teller. How ironic that the term conspiracy theory came from the assassination of JFK to deflect blame from the CIA. And now 60 years later, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., nephew of JFK, is gaining the most attention of anyone ever in exposing the CIA and dismantling the corrupt bureaucracies. Isn't that wild? Like full circle, right? Like a simulation. It is, really is like a simulation. By the way, I thought I also had a very clever tweet here. And I, I got a comment on it. It sounded good in my head. And obviously when it's good in my head, I put it on Twitter. The powers that be try to brand dystopia as utopia. How true is that? The powers that be try to brand dystopia as utopia. But they ain't going to get away with it, baby. It ain't going to happen because we're coming together across party lines, across different beliefs, realizing that all of us are on the same team. We're human beings. We're pro-civilization. We're pro-growth. We're pro-love. We're pro-everybody can do whatever the hell they want. Just keep the powers that be out of my life. And that's it. Freedom. We are making freedom great again, one podcast at a time. You know what I'm saying? I know you know what I'm saying. Do you know that I know that you know what you're saying? See? What's his name? Solzhenitsyn? Solzhenitsyn. Solzhenitsyn says that. Whatever his name is. The guy who was in the gulag. He's like, we know they're lying. They know we know they're lying. They know we know they know they're lying. Yeah, that's what's happening right now on a massive, massive scale. So uh, let me play the CNN thing I talked about at the beginning here. I actually should probably play it from Russell Brand. But I'm going to play it from Jimmy Dore because I just want you to hear what they say. Uh, this is unbelievable. So I covered this already. Um, the judge, there's a, there's a, so there's a huge case against the, uh, censorship industrial complex, which we've covered on the Jonathan Cogan show at length. Please go listen to the other podcasts, uh, look up censorship industrial, uh, complex. I think that was the name of one of the episodes covered it many, many times. Okay. And then you have 
the mainstream media and people are watching this and they're believing it. It's mind blowing saying how this ruling, which was like the most, uh, it, it's basically the largest infringement on free speech in the history of the United States. This judge said, quoted Benjamin Franklin, all this, all this crazy stuff. Right. And how dangerous this is. And so ruled against the federal government going to social media companies and meeting them for Taco Tuesdays. They were literally meeting for Taco Tuesdays to censor Americans, okay, for things that are against, I don't know, the the virus narrative, uh, the narrative with the war, anything where the establishment needs to have a certain foothold on the on the narrative, they would stifle dissent, okay? And even if it's true, it doesn't matter. Even... Don't forget, Mark Zuckerberg went on Lex Friedman and said, you know, uh, we censored stuff that was uh, basically true or that was, uh, you know, uh, something like uh, it was argument, you know, it was at least debatable, if not flat out true. Like we all know, we all know what's going on now. The people who don't know are the people who don't want to know. Okay. There's people who bought in and sold their souls and went along with this and clobbered people who were dis who were trying to tell them the truth and were being censored, calling them a Nazi and all this crazy stuff. When really the real thing that happened was the people who were going full force, like, oh, my God, we got to get the unvaccinated out of the society and put them in camps. Like now we know how 1930s Germany went. I mean, listen, I'm a Jew. I can say that sort of stuff. All right. But it's true. Now you can see how there's mass movements like that that happen. Okay, it's very unfortunate. It's very sad. It's very sad. But you can see how on a massive scale, a large group of people can get so behind something that is not good to get rid of a certain part of society that they don't agree with, even if that part of the society is telling the truth. It's unbelievable. It's so unbelievable to watch. It's unbelievable. Now, I know in the future that clip will be clipped out of context and probably played and be like, oh, my God, he's such a Nazi, racist, anti-Jew hating terrible person but the truth is the true audience will know the truth and nothing but the truth and it's okay they could take it out of context but it doesn't change the fact that first of all you take that out of context it's not true we love all people we love jews christians muslims catholics we we even like schmucks okay there are people walking around being schmucks all the time and we still like them unless they're just they they're always schmucks if you're always a schmuck to somebody else you need to get your head checked. Okay. All right. So let's play this. This is unbelievable. This was really said on CNN in terms of the censorship industrial complex. Oh, and the last thing I want to say is immediately when the judge ruled, you cannot meet with the social media companies unless it's national security threats. What did the Biden administration do? They immediately appealed it. They appealed it to censor Americans. They're like, no, we need to censor America. We need to censor their, their free speech. Okay. Unbelievable. And then the judge came back a couple days ago and said, you know what? I'm upholding this and you cannot do it and deny the appeal, which is a massive win for free speech for this is free speech is not partisan. It's not political. It's American and wherever you are in the world, but it's American in particular. All right. So let's take a, a watch with this from the Jimmy Dore show. Judge stops Biden from censoring corporate media melts down. So he's going to give some socialness and he also plays the video from CNN. Unbelievable. Listen to this. They freak out over this. This is this is amazing. Is astonishing to me. This is a conservative ideology that clearly comes through in this. Free speech huh. is a conservative ideology. This is where we are. I I grew up. If there was anything I could, I thought I was sure of in my life, 
is that free speech and anti-censorship was a lefty position that we had to fight against all the time. And I also thought that being anti-war and pro-peace was a lefty position and being pro-worker was a lefty position. Now with Joe Biden and these new Democrats, free speech is conservative, anti-censorship is conservative, being anti-war is conservative, and yeah. being pro-worker is conservative. This is crazy. So this guy's saying that the judge who is making sure that Biden can't censor you anymore, they're saying that's conservative. That's right wing. Here we go. It gets worse. Decision. It's a conservative political ideology, right? We saw some of the quotes questioning vaccines, questioning masks, conservative talking points. But the ruling itself is the opposite of is a stop. Questioning masks is a conservative talking point. So I, I didn't know that scientists who did all those studies that shows that masking at population level makes zero difference and doesn't stop the spread of a airborne virus. Those were all conservatives who went into science and medicine. That's what this genius at CNN is saying. Anything that goes against the establishment is now white supremacy, Nazi and conservative. That's what he's telling you. Here we go. To me, this is a conservative ideology that clearly comes through in this decision. It's a conservative political ideology, right? We saw some of the quotes questioning vaccines, questioning masks, conservative talking points. Ah. But the ruling itself is the opposite of judicial conservatism. This is one of the most aggressive, far-reaching rulings you'll ever see. What this judge is purporting to do is to micromanage, really, the day-to-day -day interactions between essentially the entire executive branch, all these agencies that are listed as defendants, and the leading social media companies. And in the actual temporary injunction, the judge basically says, you're not allowed, administration, to talk to these social media companies about any protected free speech except for cybersecurity threats, national security threats, criminal threats. But where's the line? Who's going to police this? This is a judge trying to micro. Did you hear what he's saying? Who's going to police people having free speech? <laughs> that's that's what the journalist is saying. The person who's supposed to be being the watchdog of the censors. They're supposed to be the watchdog of government. And he's saying, no, the government's supposed to be your watchdog. They're supposed to be making sure you don't say anything out of line that the establishment doesn't like. This is what, and no, they're not embarrassed to say this in public. He's saying it right on camera. <laughs> and, and, and he's saying it indignantly like, oh my gosh, can you believe that someone <laughs> is going to stop the president of the United States from censoring individual citizens <laughs> on social media, from expressing free speech? They're outraged over this. They have it exactly backwards. And this is the typical Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton voter. This is them. Um, let me just play a little bit more. There's the day-to-day regular activities of the entire executive branch. I don't know that it's actually policeable by the judge, but it's really an astonishing, it's, I don't mean this necessarily as a criticism. This is a very activist judicial opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Protecting free speech is very activist. So let me bring uh, in Mark Kirsten Miller. Uh <laughs> is that amazing? This is amazing. This is 2023. Do you know people that are going along with this still that are totally on the wrong side of history? I do. I know of at least one. And it's shocking. They are wrong over and over and over again. And they're being lied to. And then they know they're being lied to. And yet they continue 
buying into whatever the next narrative is. I swear, I truly believe, okay, this is not a knock on Ukraine or anything. I'm just saying that if the mainstream media and the government randomly threw a dart at the map of the world and chose some random country and then said, we need to invade this country to save democracy or something like that, that everybody would have their, they'd have their flags up in their house. They'd have definitely have their flags in their bios. They'd probably wear flags in their underpants. They wear the flags on their socks. Uh, they probably sleep with a flag over their bed. I don't know, but it's so the power of propaganda is so much stronger than I ever thought it was. And, but I think people are seeing through it. I know you are and people who listen to this podcast are, and this podcast is growing. So I think more and more people are realizing like, hey, wow, these media outlets are not here to tell us the truth. They're here to propagandize us to manufacture consent. I think people are catching on. What do you think? I'm curious what you think. Let me know in the comments. Um, another thing is to show you that they're losing their grip and why they're saying this stuff and not scared to say it is because this thing called the trusted news and trusted news initiative, basically the Washington post, the BBC, all these mainstream organizations have agreed to collude together to agree on a narrative, which is the narrative from the regime, from the government. Okay. And that they'll all repeat it and go with it. And that dissenting alternative media will get crushed. They'll censor it. They will, you know, uh, you know, destroy their names, accuse them of stuff and just get them demolished so that they can, cause it hurts their economic model. They've said that in their emails. So Robert Kennedy Jr. is actually one of the lawyers suing them, this trusted news initiative. And in their emails that they gained in discovery, it says that we need to do this because we're losing uh, we're losing power of our economic model of making money because people are realizing they're being lied to and going to alternative sources that are, uh, I don't know, telling the truth. You got to understand, you might be in another place in the world like Canada and other communist countries, and that's great. But in the United States, we literally have a constitution where the, which is, okay, here's what the constitution is for Americans. It's a set of rules that no matter what your political affiliation is, we all agree to play by those rules. That's just like the bare minimum. Whatever's written on there, we agree in this society, that's the template that we all agree to no matter what, okay? And the very first thing on that document is freedom of speech. And now we have the largest attack on freedom of speech by the federal government, okay? Which is <laughs> the whole setup of America was that the government works for the people because of tyranny. You know, and that, they, that we can get rid of them whenever we want. That's the whole purpose of America. And now we have the federal government infringing on free speech like never before in history. And you should read this judge's ruling saying it is like the most dystopian Orwellian thing. And then you have mainstream puppets willing to sell their souls for on behest, uh, at behest of the government, of the most powerful forces in the world when really if they got their way and censorship worked and they pushed whatever narrative they want, like there could be just everyone's broke and poor and they censor anybody who's like, Oh my God, I need food. I need food. But they censor everybody. Like someone who's been injured by a medical experiment, let's say, and they go, it's not real. It's in your head. Silence them. You know, that type of thing. Oh, they would never do that. Oh wait, they already did. Um, and basically that's false representation of what's going on in the world where everybody's homeless, just hypothetical. Everyone's homeless, all this stuff, but you can't get out. And on the news, it's like North Korea, they go, the economy's booming. It's the best economy in the world, all this stuff, which is basically the territory we're teetering on right now. At least if 
certainly seems like it. I don't know how worse this propaganda can get. That we would never let the federal government infringe on that. And I cannot believe how many Americans are willing to fight for the right to part, no, fight for the right for the Biden administration to keep censoring. You have shills. Even if you're a shill, you have to know that you live in the regime. You, your life will be destroyed if you give this up. Once freedom of speech is gone, everything's gone. It's over, baby. It's over. What are you doing? Think. Think. This isn't a partisan issue. This isn't a political issue. This is a common sense humanitarian issue. I mean, it's crazy. What are you doing? You got to think. You got to think, kid. You got to think. Unbelievable. All right. All right. Let's go back to the FBI oversight, shall we? I think we shall. So they're giving, so basically uh, they're giving the the financial institutions like Bank of America, whatever they want uh, without your permission and without a warrant. So that's fantastic. Uh, here we go. Here's next. So next clip we got here. Again, this is from Chief Nerd. Uh, the at the chief nerd rep Matt Gates roasts Christopher Ray's leadership and truthfulness as a, as FBI director. It's a five minute clip. Let's take a listen. Sitting here with my father, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, Director? I'm not going to get into commenting on that. You, you, you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Absolutely not. The FBI well, does you won't not answer the has no well, hold interest on. in You won't answer the question about whether or not that's a shakedown, and everybody knows why you won't answer it. Because to, ev to the millions of people who will see this, they know it is. And your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you. But let's go from the uncurious to the downright nosy. How many illegal FISA queries have occurred under your leadership of the FBI? Well, there are reports that have come out with different numbers about uh, compliance incidents. More than a million illegal ones? Because that's what the inspector general said. The inspector general said that in the 3.4 million of these queries, more than a million were in error. Do you have any basis to disagree with that, that assessment by the Inspector General? I'm not, I'm not sure, actually, that's a, a correct characterization of the Inspector General's uh, oh, well, findings we're, on well, that. The Internet but, will remind you of I, that in moments. But, but let, let's now go to uh, what the, the court said. The court said it was over 200,000 that have occurred on your watch. Would, would, do you have any basis to disagree with that assessment? Again, I don't have the numbers I sit here right now. What I can Seems like you, a number you should know. How many times the FBI is breaking the law under your watch, especially if it's like over a million to not know that number. And I'm worried about your veracity on the subject as well. Play, this, play the video. By the way, this is letters for uh, investigation of the Capitol. I don't believe FISA is remotely implicated in our investigation. Well, you, you so, so there, Senator Lee's asking you whether or not FISA was in any other way involved in your January 6th investigation, and you say no. It, was that truthful? I said that I did not believe it was. Okay, so now let's pull up what the court said, which was something a little different than what you said. So, so here, nope, that's not the right one. 
Yeah, here we go, right there. It says, the government has reported additional significant violations of the querying standard, including several relating to the January 6, 2021 breach of the Capitol. So I guess the question, Director Ray, is did, did you not know when you were answering these questions that the FBI was engaging in these illegal searches, or did you perjure yourself to Senator Lee? I certainly didn't perjure myself. At the time that I testified in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, I didn't have that piece of information. I will well, add... Well, that was a court order. You didn't have that piece of information because the court hadn't yet rendered a judgment. Did you not know when you gave the untruthful answer before Senator Lee that this was going on? It was a, it was a truthful answer. I did not believe FISA had been involved in the January But it was. So you didn't... The answer is the FBI has broken so bad that people can go and engage in queries that when you come before the Congress to answer questions, you're like blissfully ignorant. You're blissfully ignorant as to the unlawful queries. You're blissfully ignorant as to the Biden shakedown regime. And it just seems like it gets into a kind of a creepy place as well. Go to our, our next image on what the court said. Like, just so the American people realize, the, the court has smacked you down, alleging or ruling FBI personnel apparently conducted queries for improper personal reasons. People were looking themselves up. They were looking their ex-lovers up. Who has been held accountable or fired as a consequence of the FBI using the FISA process as their, like, creepy personal snoop machine? There have been instances in which individuals uh, have had disciplinary action uh, and are no longer with it. I, I can't get into it here, but we can follow back up but with don't you. But you don't you see that that's kind of the thing, Director Ray, that you preside over the FBI that has the lowest level of trust in the FBI's history? People trusted the FBI more when J. Edgar Hoover was running the place than when you are. And the reason is because you don't give straight answers. You give answers that, that later a court deems aren't true. And then at the end of the day, you won't criticize an obvious shakedown when it's directly in front of us. And it appears as though you're whitewashing the conduct of corrupt people. Respectfully, Congressman, in your home state of Florida, the number of people applying to come work for us and develop working for us is over up over a hundred percent we're deeply proud of them and they deserve better than you so is we have to just ask a simple question is this christopher ray character the most corrupt person of, of everyone that's involved with these politicians and elected officials and appointed officials i mean obviously it would probably be fauci but he's no longer there this christopher ray is a slime dog we should just call him Slime Dog Millionaire. You watch him and the, his holes on his nose, the way they open, it's almost like he's a, like a, uh, I don't know, like one of those big animals that swim with the tusks and I don't know, but he's got large, not flaring nostrils. That's the way to say it. They're flaring. They're flaring guilt. When I see those nostrils flare up, I just think guilty or liar. Man, this dude is corrupt. It's unbelievable. And he brings up a good point. If you don't know about this stuff, it's either the organization you're in charge of is just totally rogue, okay, and doing stuff without your knowledge, which is your fault, or you're doing it, or you know of it, and you're lying. Whichever way it is, it's not good. It's not good. Oh, my God. In fact, I have a good, uh, we got a good comment on uh, on that exact issue from Michael Schellenberger who's been one of the key people. In fact, I think he coined the term uh, uh, censorship industrial complex, by the way. So uh, yeah, let's get into this, uh, this tweet. Uh, so Glenn Greenwald's involved in this. 
uh, obviously follow and watch him. He tells the truth and nothing but the truth. I mean, he tells the truth. Um, I'm sure he tells other stuff too, but he's a reliable source. Uh, and I'm trying to give you other sources for you to, you know, cross collaborate, you know, connect with people who are in the sphere of truth telling, regardless of what that truth is. Okay. We just care about telling it. That's it. So basic. It used to be called journalism. Now it's called right-wing extremism. Okay. Glenn Greenwald said, FBI director Chris Chris Ray was just asked repeatedly whether there was one or more FBI agents or informants on the ground at January 6th as part of the crowd which entered the Capitol. Ray refused to answer over and over. Can't imagine why. And uh, so, uh, so if we click that, yeah, why would he deny that? So weird, right? Um, and he says, I've long been pointing out that the Dem Party, not only its leaders, but followers are now reverent of the U.S. security state. When's the last time you heard your favorite liberal pundit condemn the CIA or the FBI? But the way House Dems are oozing praise for FBI today is nauseating. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. Um. Schellenberger said there were hundreds of government agents and informants in the January 6th crowd, which we know and we've covered in this podcast at length. Uh, he says, indeed, there have there may have been hundreds of undercover government agents and informants, both local and federal, in the January 6th crowd. According to one January 6th witness, there were 100 to 200 Secret Service agents alone at the Capitol before and during the breach of the police barriers. And then Glenn says, which is exactly why Ray won't answer the question. Ponder the content the FBI has for the population, for the director to claim more than two years after January 6th that he doesn't know how many assets they had there or even if it was more than one. And then here's the tweet I was referring to that Schellenberger says. He says, the FBI is a rogue agency. We are in a dangerous place as a nation when our highest law enforcement organization is pulling good agents off of hunting down child pornographers so they can entrap mentally disabled people in order to manufacture a fake domestic extremism crisis. And then he says, here is the evidence. I haven't seen this yet, but let's click it because it's real time. And uh, let's see. He told uh, Congressman Troy Nails, who follows me, so pretty good. This is from Real Steve Friend. The FBI director told Troy, the congressman, that no agents were reassigned from child exploitation investigation to domestic terrorism. Another lie. I was reassigned from child pornography cases and told those cases were going to be considered a, quote, local matter. Yet why are they doing that? Why are they doing this? Why are they not interested in protecting children in fact why are they interested in doing the opposite like destroying children what what is who's running the show here this is crazy in fact wall street silver just tweeted out and i think elon respond to it he wrote and i checked this it's unbelievable it's unbelievable it goes wow the clown world this is really weird this is the this is what it says key california assembly committee blocks bill to make child trafficking a serious felony the source yahoo So let's go to this. This is from Yahoo News. The key California Assembly Committee blocks bill to make child trafficking a felony. Oh, okay, yeah, let's let's read a little bit of this. 
California lawmakers in the Assembly Public Safety Committee on Tuesday blocked a measure that would have classified human trafficking of a minor as a serious felony under state law, an effort that attempted to keep repeat offenders behind bars and make them ineligible to be released from prison early. The measure was halfway through the state's legislative process, having cleared the state Senate unanimously with broad bipartisan support. None of the six Democrats on the Assembly Public Safety Committee were willing to cast a vote on the measure Tuesday. Republican Assemblymen Juan Alanis and Tom Lackey were the bill's only yes votes. Following the vote, those in the audience could be heard yelling, you're horrible and you should be ashamed of yourselves to the committee members. Human trafficking victims embraced and sobbed in front of the dice. What is going on? What is going on? And at the same time, at the same time, you have mainstream outlets like the Rolling Stone saying that Sound of Freedom, a true st- a movie, that's a true story about uh, an agent that is going after child trafficking and catching people who are you know, uh, trafficking children and arresting them, that that is like a QAnon crazy person that's feeding the brain, brain worms of, of boomer adults or something, of boomers. Like what is going on? It seems like there is a concerted effort to protect. I don't know how else to say it, but it seems like the concerted effort to downplay, to get almost legalize pedophilia and childhood trafficking. And at the very least discredit it saying, don't look over here. This is a QAnon conspiracy that is overly exact. Like, Sound of Freedom should be praised as just like a movie that covered a true story of childhood trafficking, like fantastic. Why are you making that political and saying, oh, it's a right wing crazy thing, even though we know there's childhood trafficking all over the world and we know that the U.S. is responsible for a lot of it at the southern border. But for sure, we you know, childhood trafficking occurs, obviously, unfortunately. Why are they protecting these people? Like what is going on? They're not passing bills to make it a felony in the state of California. And the people want the guy who runs that state as president. And then you have like places like the U, what was it? The UN that said like, we're going to change pedophilia to maps, minor attractive persons and like legalize it. There seems to be a concerted effort to legalize pedophilia and also like downplay childhood trafficking instead of praising it. As like, this is fantastic. It almost seems like the only reason you would do that is if you were in on that conspiracy, if you were a part of that trafficking. Otherwise, why? It seems crazy. Is it possible that the people in charge are pedophiles? Is that possible? Yeah, of course it's possible. It's a massive business. In fact, it's a bigger business than owning all sports teams in the NBA, the MLB, and the NFL all those teams combined, combined. Oh, that seems high, but it's like $160 billion at least. I don't understand why the mainstream media is running cover for pedophilia and why they're, they're like, they're like activists for like cutting off genitals of kids. And yet people are saying we should protect children who are being trafficked as you're now a QAnon Trumper Republican person like what I'm a political, but I want to like protect children. Since when is protecting children and speaking out against yes, against childhood trafficking 
a Republican issue? Like, what does that even mean? Since when is it not a human issue? Am I losing my brains? Every day that goes by in the current landscape, it's, I feel like either I'm becoming a complete moron or the world's gone crazy. And you have half the public, or not half the public, but these quote unquote Democrats, but that that's a particular party in this, you know, this day and age. Listen, it is what it is. Doing these weird things that seem to be opposite of what's in the best interest of the people. It's like opposite day every day of the week. Listen, should we pass a law that makes it uh, you know, a felony for trafficking children? Uh no. Why not? It would be uh I don't know. I just want to say no. What why? What's the reason that you won't cast a vote for that? Like what what's the reason? What? I don't even understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. Or like, oh, if the parents don't want to uh, you know, cut off their daughter's tits at the age of 7, that the state gets to take them and do the surgery themselves? What? What is going on? What is going on? What is going on? Please help me make sense of this because I don't get it. I'm truly not political. I truly don't agree with either side. I'm not even independent. I am apolitical through and through. I don't understand how children are an exception to that rule. How are children, the topic of protecting children, how is that not apolitical? I do not understand. I'll never understand. Someone help me. God help me. Somebody. Okay? It's crazy. All right, let's get back uh, on track here. It's just nuts. The whole thing's crazy. Um, by the way, subscribe to the Jonathan Cogan Show wherever you get your podcasts. You can go to jsk.transistor.fm, baby. That's the promo for today. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, well, it's kind of weird. Hope you're subscribed. And if you're watching it, here it is. The Jonathan Cogan Show, Shades of Shadows, The Biden-China Corruption, Nexus Exposed, Episode 209. We've done 209 episodes, baby. The Denmark uh, study, amazing. Escaping the Woke Matrix. I would listen to that one, 207. Uh, just good stuff, man. Good stuff. Unbelievable. What a pod. What a pod, baby. You know, I couldn't do this without your help. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. All right. So what else we got here? Should we go back to, oh yeah. Do we have more on, uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So here is a minute 35 clip. This is, I think this is questioning. This is to Ray, the FBI director again, who seems to be a sleazeball. He's refusing to answer if there was, if there was even one FBI agent in the January 6th crowd. This is two years after. Why can't you answer that question? Well, let's listen to it. I haven't heard this yet. How many individuals were either FBI uh, employees or people that the FBI had made contact with were in the January 6th uh, entry of the Capitol and surrounding area? So I really need to be careful here talking about uh, where we have or have not used confidential human sources. Was there one or more? Was there one or more individuals that would fit that description on January 6th that were in or around the Capitol? I I believe there is a a filing in one of the January 6th cases that can provide a little more information about this. And I'm happy to see if we can follow back up with you. I I just want an answer. Was there one or more? I mean, you would know if there was at least one individual who worked for the FBI who entered the Capitol on that day. Uh, I can't, again, I just can't speak to that here, but I'm happy to get the court filing. Well, that look, it's been two years and you're now, you're now come before us. The gentleman asks these questions, makes all kinds of insinuations. 
and you, you nod your head yes, and then I ask you simply, was there one or more? And you won't answer that. So I'm going to make the assumption that there was more than one, more than five, more than 10, and that you're ducking uh, the, the question because you don't wanna answer for the fact that you had at least one and somehow missed understanding that some of the individuals were very dangerous and that there were others inciting individuals to enter the Capitol after others broke windows. So I'm just going to move yeah, on. What is going on here? What is going on? Why would the FBI and the government want to put confidential human informants in the January 6th insurrection, please, of the January 6th attack, whatever you want to call it? Why would they want to do this? Why do they want to frame MAGA, the Make America Great Again Trump movement, as a terrorist domestic a te domestic terrorist organization? Why do they want to do that? Why? Why? Why can't he answer the question if there was one or more undercover informants in the crowd that there were not one or more, and if there was, they were there to protect the people? I mean... I've seen some pic. I mean, the whole Ray Epps thing is mind blowing. Remember, the last thing they do in Orwell is tell you not to believe your eyes. And if you watch videos or listen to this podcast, we covered them twice. And you watch, we got to go into the Capitol. We got to go into the Capitol. Your problem's that way. Your problem's that way. Towards the Capitol. You got to go into the Capitol. And then he whispers in the guy's ear. And then the guy pushes the gates to and knocks down a police officer. But that guy, is it every single person who was even breathing air near the Capitol that day is going through trials, put in jail. And then Ray Epps, the guy who's caught on camera doing all of this gets New York times articles and it's a conspiracy theory and a 60 minutes episode where credit to 60 minutes. They played all this stuff. Like they play, it looked terrible. They played everything. And then at the end, they're like, don't believe your own eyes. And they're protecting him. And then you watch the Democrats in Congress saying they're like, who's Ray Stop harping on Ray Epps. But if anyone else was affiliated with January 6th, they're a terrorist. They should go to jail for life. They're the worst human being ever. They're a danger to democracy. But Ray Epps, he's there to save democracy. He needed to stage an insurrection to save democracy. You didn't know that? The only way you could save democracy is by subverting it and planning an insurrection and then framing half the country as terrorists. And then you will successfully have saved democracy with a one-party state. That is how it's done, my friends. This is nuts. This is nuts. I have to hope and believe that many people feel the way I do, that do not have public, do not have uh, you know, political leanings right or left, and are just watching this stuff and knowing that a we're being lied to to like propagandized to an amount that no one's ever seen in the history of the world. And then B, that it's a lie. Everything's a lie. Like January 6th, it's clearly a lie. The guy can't answer the question if there were many informants there. What are you supposed to infer from that? I mean, it's unbelievable. And then you're told like Ukraine's crushing the war and Russia's going to be done in like a day. And then we have to send cluster bombs, even though they're like an international treaty that we shouldn't. What? But if Russia did it, they're the worst thing ever. But if we do it, we're saving democracy. Oh my goodness. And there's people that are going along with this. Like, like any updated, they could, these people can say, listen, if you don't carry around a blanket today and fly to Chicago and wave your blanket, 
You are a danger and threat to democracy. And like half the country would be there like waving blankets in Chicago. Like you, they could do anything. They could tell people to like chop off their leg for good luck and they'll take off their leg surgically. And then Pfizer will have some like incredible medication that says, oh, we'll help the healing of your one leg. When it's taken off, we'll help the stump heal. And everybody should take it. And in fact, whether you have one leg or not, we're going to make it mandatory. Okay. In fact, when you're sleeping, we're going to put it in your ass and then it goes right to your bloodstream. I mean, this is crazy, people. Where does it end? That's all I want to know. Where does it end? Sorry for my language, by the way. I get, you know, it's hard sometimes because many days I feel like I'm losing my mind. I don't know if you feel that way. I don't know if I'm alone on that, but I definitely feel, um, um, how do I say this? Like I'm losing my mind. I don't know another way to say it. It's just crazy, man. It's unbelievable. Um, so what else we got here? Uh, you know, oh, we, I, we wanted to get into that conspiracy theory. You know, when they use conspiracy theory, just know that was coined by the CIA because they were worried. They were worried that people were questioning the JFK assassination too much. That's where this came from. Okay. That's where this came from. Don't forget that. Um, in fact, let's see if I can just pull that up real quick. Unbelievable. People are upset that the they that the government cannot censor the speech of Americans. And just like Jimmy Dore said, he thought that was something the left had to fight against. That was a right authoritarian thing. And now it's a conservative value. What? Let's see. All right. I think I can find it. So I, so I want to, <laughs> so I really want to get to uh, the conspiracy theory uh, creation or, you know, with JFK and how that just, how it was, Oh, this is it. I found it. All right. So I think I got the exact part. I'm just going to start playing it since we do this all in real time. This is from the Jimmy Dore show. Um, and I already played a clip from earlier in this, but we're going to start it here. And I said, we, I was going to get back to how can, you know, the irony of conspiracy, th conspiracy theory was a term created for people questioning the JFK assassination too much. And this is the background on that and how it's full circle to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. probably exposing the CIA and other bureaucracies more than ever and probably maybe destroying it, perhaps, or maybe he'll be assassinated. I don't know. But listen to this kind of history behind it, which I've talked on this podcast, but you might not know. And it's a very good explanation. They were questioning it too much. Just take a listen.
And here we are, ladies and gentlemen, here we are looking at the end of free speech in the eyeball, in the eyeball. Oh my God. If people don't wake up, like it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I'm just happy to see that there's more courage now because I've said it before. Courage is more contagious than fear. And people are popping up people that you never would have thought, right? We're thinking the same thing that you were thinking, but they're just finally willing to speak up now. You know, we did it before it was cool. We did it before, you know, we did it because we look out for the peasants no matter what. It's really out of selfishness because I'm a peasant and that's all I care about is myself and my life. But it turned into a movement, a movement for freedom, a movement to just keep our human rights. Okay. Not to just give them away, because when you give that away, they don't come back. Or if they take two rights away, they give one back and say, oh, look at that freedom. And because no one's been held accountable for the last three years and the virus and everything, they're just likely to do it again and try to take away more rights. Get you locked in your house for four years to take 4,000 injections. I don't know, whatever they want. There needs to be accountability. It's so important. It's so important so that these creeps and sociopaths and psychopath lunatic mass murderers don't do it again. We funded the research that created this quote unquote pandemic, which was, uh, I mean, eventual one, it was planned and it was all it was basically a cons massive conspiracy, real conspiracy um, on a large, large scale that warped almost the whole world. Okay. Not only did we engineer that and the quote unquote solution, we did the whole thing, but that these people who were a part of this are either slightly being praised or absolutely not getting in trouble for creating the worst catastrophe that any of us alive today have experienced in our lifetimes, unless someone is still alive from the Holocaust. All right. Other than that, this is it, baby. This is it. And we said, it's so interesting how after Nuremberg, we said never again. Never again. That's what people used to say. Never again. Well, guess what? Again. Again. It happened again. Complete violation of the Nuremberg Code. And nobody's being held accountable for that? What? In what world do we intend to live in if a violation of the Nuremberg Code, where we said never again, is violated and then nobody is held responsible? In what world does that happen? It's happening now. It's like, it's like there's groups of people who are living alternate realities, people who are living in reality, uncomfortable reality of the truth, and they see the light. And there's people who are just propagandized or doing the lying and pushing this agenda forward to just do it again. It's insanity at the highest level, at the highest level. This is psychopathic, lunatic behavior. And these people are just doing, they're siphoning all the wealth to, to themselves. They're taking the money away from the poor to the rich, the huge wealth, biggest wealth transfer in history. They're, they're migrating people. They're shaping the world. They're changing the demographics of countries. You know, they're just, just, you know, shaping the world on a global stage with Klaus Schwab and his white cat. We are changing the world. And whoever masters these technologies will master the future. Okay. Okay. Well, it's time for you to step up to the plate, start speaking, start sharing this stuff, start getting out there. Because if this neo-feudal system happens, it's over, baby. There ain't, it ain't coming back. All right? This is it. We need to hold on and we need to change some stuff. No question. We got to change some shit. Yeah, we live in a fucked up world. It's not fair. 
I don't know who said life is fair, but listen, we need to change some stuff. hundred thousand percent. But changing it doesn't mean giving the elites more power to give the authoritarian central planners more power to do whatever the hell they want at the expense of our civil liberties and our freedom and our God-given critical thinking skills. That's not what that means. It means we work with each other to build better communities, more, you know, I'm not with these buzzwords, but inclusive. Everyone should be included. I'm down for that. Every human who wants to contribute to society should be included. Hell yeah, baby. But that doesn't mean that these people at the top of the of this artificial food chain get to dictate whatever they want to happen with the world and tell you what to do and what not to do and then just go on with their lives, even though they're destroying lives, millions of lives all over the world, whether it's losing their jobs, people have been injured, people have been killed by the very thing that they manufactured in a lab. I mean, come on, people. How can anyone move on and see, say that we don't need accountability or that, yeah, let's just get over and, you know, watch baseball. In what psychopathic world does that happen? It's lunacy. It's lunacy. But people move on. It's unbelievable. People showed their colors the past three years. And to me, it's a very, it's a blessing. We're going to look back as a blessing. It divides society into people you could trust who are for the people and just care about the truth. And then people who are hacks and sellouts and just propagandists. And you should never listen to them again. It divides black and white. Boom. Society was divided to the cucks and the people. Now, when I see someone who was a total fraud speak, I don't even care. I don't care what they say. It doesn't matter. And there's people who are still watching these same people as if it never happened. It's unbelievable. It's fascinating, actually. Talk about being an experiment. We're in a, we're in a, you know, it's, it's like Stockholm syndrome, right? You start praising your overlords. Like they destroy your life and they say, Hey, the only way to get out of this is to listen to every single thing I say or else. And you go, yes, master. Yes, master. Yes. Pinch me. Oh my God, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of here. Get out of here. Okay. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want Fauci's hands on me. All right. I don't want Bill Gates around me. I don't want Biden sniffing me. I don't want that stuff. I'm not about that life. My life was great. It was fantastic. I didn't have to be involved in this. I could just watch sports. I could just live my life. And then all of a sudden, these authoritarian central planners started poking their tentacles into everything. And then big pharma tried to insert themselves into my ass. And I don't like that. That's not what I do. Okay. Stay out of here. Okay. We're good. I'm going to eat from a farm. You know, maybe get some animals, some cattle, get some cattle. Right. You know, you know, take some supplements which were branded to be uncool and that they don't work after the Rockefellers. Go do that research. Go, by the way, go read the book, Dissolving Illusions. I'm reading it right now. I'm not done with it, but I've read enough to recommend it. Dissolving Illusions. It is an eye-opener. Approach it with an open mind. Listen to it. Read it. Whatever you got to do. Man, we, they have distorted history and the truth so much. This is just a reckoning that's been bound to happen. I mean, this is decades, if not centuries of lying that is crumbling down in real time in front of our eyes. It's beautiful. It's scary. It's unbelievable to be alive right now. And you're alive right now. You were chosen to be here at this moment, no matter what you believe in, it's time to push the agenda of freedom and people and love and earth ahead, not tyranny and slavery and up is down, left is right. And all this craziness. What world do you want to live in? You ever ask yourself that? Especially if you have kids, what world do you want they to live in them to live in? And if you don't have kids, 
Just what world do you want to live in in 10 years? Literally 10 years. Think about your life 10 years ago. You can think about it. It wasn't that crazy. Sure, it was probably a lot different, but you remember that time. Now move 10 years forward. Everything's going to be different. This plays out to how we choose it plays out. We stand up. We protect freedom. We build a better world, like a real better world, not like a better world in the eyes of the WEF. That's something we can do collectively. Individual excellence. Take care of yourself, your health. Eat well, exercise, become physically strong, then become mentally strong, work hard, pursue something you're great at and then you're good at, do it over and over and over and over. Individual excellence, baby, the ultimate rebellion. Andy Frisella said that. Very good, also a truth teller. But it's not a partisan thing. You gotta make yourself great. And then if all of us do that, that will make us all come together and lift up humanity. So control what you can control. Don't worry about all this nonsense happening over here. This clown world, chaotic, well, World War III affects us all. That's a little bit of a problem. More than a little bit, that's a massive problem. But I'm telling you, we can make it through this if we start finding all the truth tellers and come together. Let's connect over the internet. Let's share each other's stuff. And then when someone gets attacked on a social media, but we come and protect each other. We come and get each other's backs. Someone attacks and says, oh my God, you're a right-wing extremist. We say, no, we're just telling the truth. And you go, I got his back. I got his back. I got her back. Love, 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 fire symbol, emoji, rocket ships. You understand? I know you do. We all do. Very important. Okay, so you know how much the establishment loves war. They love war. Oh, my God. There is nothing that gets Lindsey Graham more off than war and dudes, but war, okay? My God. If he could just blow up 500 children in Iraq, oh, he would splurge all over the walls. like. You know, it would be like Ron Jeremy. It'd be crazy. Just roping it, baby. Ropes all over. It'd be like the wild, wild west cowboy trying to, you know, hurt it, you know, cattle or something. I love that word cattle. All right. So um, they love war. And now because India isn't going with the Biden administration completely with, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, creating a unipolar American-led, suppress every other uh, country, emerging economy with the IMF and insurmountable debt because they're not going along with that. You got, you're going to start hearing propaganda like this. And ready for this? This is from The Telegraph being shared at the top of Microsoft Bing today. So everybody sees it. Ready for this? Quote, India is now part of Putin's axis of evil. The West must act. Getting the world's Biggest democracy back among the good guys is a very big ass by Boris Rivkin. Okay. They want more war. What to do about India's close military and commercial partnership with Russia? The West must act. We must start bombing people. We must kill children. We must give cluster bombs so children in 50 years can step on and blow up. What are we doing? Are people going to, I don't know, is anti-war making a comeback? I don't care what you think of any war, of any invasion of anything. The goal, the pure goal, no matter what you think of anything, we could disagree whether it was provoked, not provoked. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant to what I'm going to say. The point is we should all advocate for world peace. You know how like those Miss Universes go on stage and we used to make fun of them. They would go, they go, what are you, you know, what are you going to do if you win Miss Universe? I don't know what the question they ask. And they go, we want the world's peace because some sexy Colombian. She's like, we want some pero pero me gusta la bueno tardes esta world peace. And we used to make fun of them. 
Well, they were right. The Miss Universes were brilliant. The world peace is the answer. So if you're if you are negotiating for a forever war, versus the you could tell if someone it is they're opposites. If you're negotiating for a forever war or you're negotiating for peace. Those are polar opposites. They both can't be true. Impossible. And the current regime wants a forever war. Like Julian Assange says, the goal isn't to win the war. It's to have a forever war to move the money from the public sector to the private sector. Shout out BlackRock. War is big business. War is fantastic for business. Now, we are contrarians in the fact that we don't like people dying. We don't care what people's nationality is because we see things as two classes. It's not like Russians, Ukraine. No, no, no. It's elites and peasants. The elites want the peasants to go to war for them and kill each other. Well, I say we counter that and say, okay, the peasants across all countries come together and say, we are all about world peace. We're all on the same team. If the elites want to have war and go fight and Lindsey Graham and all those people want to, and Mitch McConnell, and you know, all those people want to go dress up as soldiers and fight. They have private land. They have private estates all over the place. They're all worth like $400 million from serving in Congress, which is totally normal. Don't ask questions. Yeah, what'd you do? Oh, I'm a public servant making like 150000 a year. How much are you worth? Oh, like $400 million. Oh, wow. Your stock trading is so much better than Warren Buffett. That's fantastic. Good job, Pelosi. Those people can go fight wars among, they can go get some Russians, some Ukrainians, some Americans, some Canadians, some, you know, England. Oh, Great Britain loves the war. They love it. So, uh, you guys can go on your private estates in Martha's Vineyard or wherever they are, probably on a property that's right next to the ocean that supposedly is going to drown their very property that they just bought for like $50 million. But don't question it. Don't question anything. They bought a property next to an ocean that's going to drown their house, but they still spent $12 million on it. Okay. Yeah, sure. No problem. Go fight a war there. Go fight at Obama's estate. Have a blast bomb each other, throw grenades. In fact, you can even use cluster bombs. You can use cluster munitions. Have a fantastic time. Just don't involve the peasants. I'm sick of it. Aren't you sick of it? Or am I alone? I mean, can some? Can you let me know in the comments? Are you sick of it? I'm sick of it. I think it's lunacy. I've said that word so many times, but I love it. All right. So what have we covered? We know that AI is in good shape because Kamala Harris has got everything under control. Uh, we know that, uh, we are, <laughs> we are just being lied to like no civilization ever. Um, and, uh, we're seeing a change in the media landscape, which is maybe one of the best things, maybe one of the best things and how ironic <laughs> this is actually kind of, uh, interesting. This is a different topic. So uh, this is actually amazing. So whatever you think of Andrew Tate is relevant for this particular video I'm going to play. Just saw this come across. doesn't matter. We don't know if he's guilty or not guilty. I have suspicions, but I'm not going to say share my opinion because we believe people are innocent until proven guilty. We'll see what happens. But how ironic is that he's being accused of a human traffic or whatever, right? Yet the BBC just played this clip and the guy who is talking in this clip about Andrew Tate being a trafficker, this guy, okay? His name is, I think it's Hugh Edwards, H-U-W, okay? He can, he expresses his, his concern about Cobra Tate's message, or about Andrew Tate's message, sorry, that's his uh, Twitter tag. This very TV presenter that I'm going to play right here, who works for the BBC, he has just been ousted as a sexual predator. This guy, 
This very guy that is talking about how worried he is about his message is a real-life sexual predator. Listen, this guy. That guy that you just listened to or watched is a real-life sexual predator. And it's so amazing that these mainstream channels can put a child predator on TV to talk about someone who's potentially guilty of human trafficking, although it looks sketchy, not going to lie, it looks very sketchy. But they it's amazing. They could just make you believe anything. It's like he's innocent. They have like oh, what they—that's what they do. They project. The, the projection is their number one strategy. So like, here's projection. Ready? It's like you take someone who's like a rapist, okay? Like I don't know, name some like like uh, Bill Clinton, okay? And Bill Clinton goes on and gives a speech and goes, you know, we got to get Andrew Tate because he's probably slept with underage girls. Uh, he probably got a blowjob in the old office. And he's just a bad, bad man. Meanwhile, everything he said is true for what he did. They project. They say what they're doing that everyone else is doing. If you can notice, like, specifically with Biden and the people in power, what they say other people are doing are 99.9% of the times the very things they're doing. It's astonishing. It's astonishing. The whole thing's just nuts. All right. So, um, yeah, listen. What else we got here? Jimmy Dore asks why the FBI agent Brian Auten is allowed to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story and participate in the Trump Mar-a-Lago investigation while being under disciplinary review for his central role in deceiving FISA courts during the Trump Russian collusion hoax. Oh my goodness. It never stops. It never stops. Everything is opposite. And then they don't want people to get a felony for childhood trafficking. What? Oh my goodness, goodness gracious. Um, so can I play this part on YouTube? This is um this is very, very good. This is an interview with Aaron Siri about how the CDC and FDA uh market the flu shot to pregnant women without clinical trial data. Yeah, we're gonna play this because that's what we're gonna do. I think it's good. Listen to this. This is how they pull this stuff off, by the way. If you want to know like how they pull off, um, you know, how big pharma gets their tentacles and everything, just listen to this.
Do you see how sick and twisted this current system is? Do you see what happens? You know how we heard in that last Jimmy Dore episode that um, uh, in the last Jimmy Dore, how the CDC is an extension, you know, of the government, uh, not the government, but uh, uh, well, I want to say the deep state, but you know, uh, but but the, the 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 federal bureaucracy, right? And that they they work on behalf of the pharmaceutical companies because if a pharmaceutical pharmaceutical company can't advertise something, well, they'll do it on their behalf. They're in cahoots. It's unbelievable. The FDI. They get almost all their funding from pharmaceutical companies. The whole thing is broken. And if you can't see that, I don't know what to tell you. I'm trying so hard. I never thought it'd be so difficult for people to listen and absorb and understand what's true and not true. I try really hard. We try very, very hard in this podcast to tell the truth. And if we say something wrong, which is very rare, we admit it, right? We don't have an agenda here. So uh, the whole thing's crazy. But that's a perfect example of how the system is fucked up. I don't know what else to say. It's fucked up. All right. You can't, because if for something the pharmaceutical company can't do, they go on the back door and let the CDC do it. And then you're going to trust the CDC to get this and that and this and that and get 14, 15, 18, 20 before you, before you turn you know, before you're done, you're glowing in the dark with a Pfizer logo. I mean, it's crazy. The whole thing's not, unbelievable. They should say, Hey, everybody has to get a tattoo of Moderna on their cheek and Pfizer on their neck. And that will protect you against all influenza. I bet you, I don't know, 40 million people would do it, give or take. It's crazy. But that's a good example of how messed up it is. That is so serious. You don't mess with pregnant women. You know we don't test things on pregnant women. Why would you ever test things on a pregnant woman? I don't accept that. I will never accept that. I am for the children. I protect the children. We need to protect children. If there's one thing we can all come together on, it's the damn children. Please. I'm trying to find common ground here. The children should be the common ground. That's the point. All right. I got to stop the podcast here. If you're listening, watching, please subscribe to the Jonathan Coca show podcast. Uh, please share this. Uh, if you can, uh, that'd be fantastic. Subscribe to the rumble channel, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If we'll, who knows, this will probably be censored on YouTube. So we might not have a channel after this. Here's the podcast on the screen. You could check it out. Uh, listen wherever you get your podcast. If you like it, give it a five star review. It helps push up the podcast uh, wherever you listen to it. And if you give it a little uh, description of like you know five star and something about it in the Apple Podcast, I'll read it on the next episode. Obviously, because that's what we do here. We share. We're a community. It's a movement. It's not a podcast. It's a movement. Um, and uh, we're in this together. We're in this together. That's all I got to say. We are in this together through and through. And I love you. Thank you for listening to John the Kogan show. I hope you share it. I hope you enjoyed listening. I hope you come back tomorrow and um, we're just getting started, baby. We're going to stream longer. We're going to do more. I just got to go right now. So I got to call it, you know, I got to cut it off right now, but thank you for being with me today. It's always good being with you. I'm Johnny K. I'm signing off. I'll see you later. Bye.